Hello and welcome to the Mantelligent Podcast. This is the show for guys and all about guys. Have you ever struggled with feeling behind the curve in basic man intelligence? Well, that is exactly what we're going to help you with. On this week's show, we will discuss planning for retirement. Investing in retirement can feel overwhelming. But after listening to this episode, hopefully you will feel resourced to make the correct steps to a financially secure future. Let's get it started. Another great episode here on the Mantelligent Podcast. Uh, we have a very uh, important topic to go over today, and we have a, a very uh, important guest that's going to deliver this information. Before we get into our guest, I'm going to bring on, as always, my co-host, Reed Primetime Fisher. Man, and let me tell you something right now. I'm tell looking me, across Reed. the table. You hear it. I'm looking across the table at this beautiful financial advisor of a man who looks... He said, looks like Brad Pitt. I didn't say it. He said it himself. And make sure Brad Pitt and, and Bradley, Bradley Cooper, Cooper yeah. the two he said he looked like. Yeah, it's very, uh, um, very humble. But I'm excited. This yeah. is a good one. We we are talking financial planning, right? Yep. And it's it doesn't sound sexy until you look at the guy and say, what did he do right? Yeah. And now that's when it gets sexy. Yep. So I'm, I'm excited. So uh, without any further ado, uh, Ben Biggs, um, thank you for being on the show today. Thank you for having me uh, on this episode. I appreciate it. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about uh, in, in, the, in terms of investments and kind of uh, investment strategies, there's short term, long term. There's it's kind of a broad term. There's a lot of different aspects. So today we want to focus primarily on retirement planning and re- retirement investing. So, uh, Ben, what kind of got you into this this world here? Uh, long story short, it was, um, you know, I always wanted to be successful with money and, uh, and, and make a lot of money and not from a, a standpoint of greed or anything, but just... Um, you know, just to be successful. And, and, uh, I'd rather have $200 than a hundred dollars, you know, um, and that type of thing. I didn't know a ton. I wasn't raised with, um, you know, a ton of, of, uh, financial education in the house I grew up in. And, um, it just wasn't a thing. And so it was kind of out of sight, out of mind. Um, and I kind of grew up listening to, you know, random radio commercials or, or TV commercials that would have like secrets of the rich and, 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 uh, you know, buy my book or, or whatever to learn more. And I knew that was total garbage and it, for whatever reason, it just didn't, um, uh, strike a chord with me. And somewhere along the way, uh, I got turned on to, uh, uh, Dave Ramsey's teachings. Dr. And, Dave. Uh, Dr. Dave. Dr. Dave. And, uh, so I got turned on to his philosophy and, uh, just kind of bit hook line and sinker and uh that's really what got me interested into this industry uh and i really took it very seriously when i was i guess a junior in college and so i was kind of already declared you know uh communication to study and so this i didn't study finance in school uh, or financial planning uh and so um but i just but it was a passion of mine by the time i i I graduated so i ended up so that's how i got into it that's that's the long and short of it so it, once you got into it, you ended up 
finding a financial firm that was an ELP that or an endorsed look provider for somebody that's not a Dave Ramsey fan because there are a lot of people that Dave is kind of a polarizing figure in the world of finance and yep. some of the some of the, his ideas other people don't agree with so people have to kind of do their own uh, research but you were such a believer in it that you went to work for a firm that is is endorsed uh, and practices some of the principles that Dave preaches correct yeah exactly I uh so I, I worked out right out of college. I worked for MetLife and was with them for a year uh, before almost exactly before I realized this is not a good fit for me. And it was very, very heavily insurance uh, uh, driven and not so much on the investing side of things. And it, and it wasn't really that much on the on the planning side of things. It was just, hey, how much product can you sell? Yeah. And it sucked. And so. Um, I, I ended up connecting, I reached out, uh, to, uh, I think Dave's office directly and they point me in the, uh, direction of their local, uh, advisor that they recommended there in Nashville. And then they said, Hey, we actually have a Frisco branch. And I was in Dallas at the time. And so I connected with them and, and they were looking to kind of expand and bring guys on and, uh, and, and, and I've been with them ever since. So that awesome. was about... And that's... How long ago was that? So that was, uh, I think, 14, 13, 14 Whoa, years ago. Yeah. That would like explain that. all these gray hairs I'm seeing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. It's, I roll too. I almost switched past the gray and jumped right no. over the gray and went straight white. You got it. It's a beautiful so, thing. Thank it, you. It's kind of salt and pepper sort of It looks look. real nice. It's, it, it's what you want in a financial advisor. Salty. You want somebody that looks seasoned. So, oh, season, salty, salt. I got you. Got it. So, if I gave you one hundred dollars today, you could turn it into two hundred dollars. That's literally all I heard from what you said earlier. Tomorrow, uh, you it, could by make, tomorrow. By tomorrow, that's. I don't know that. I'm just saying. I assume how you good can do it he? based on the salt and pepper in your it, beard. Yeah. It, you think it would take that long? Ooh. <laughs> nice. All right. Ooh. Okay. Pear. So, um, just kidding. So, why don't we jump kind of uh, straight into? the uh, some terminology and you know products that people are going to know need to understand um, that they're if you're working with an advisor they're going to get thrown out and again um, most of the time you're going to be working with an advisor you're not going to be doing this on your own but having an understanding of what these are I think is important so kind of go over uh, just a few of the terminology when it comes to retirement planning that people need to know yeah, so um, uh, a real big one that I had to become familiar with uh, here a couple of years ago um, was fiduciary. And uh, there's a fiduciary rule uh, that uh, was um, uh, tried to be introduced um, a couple of years ago through a bunch of new regulation. And uh, a long, boring story short, uh, it's just it's just another uh, layer of red tape to make sure that the advisor is working in your best interest. That's a fiduciary. Because it's a big deal. Means. You're giving somebody a the lot of money, and there's a, there's not a uh, there's not a backup plan for most people financially. So there there is a whole lot. I mean, you're, there's a lot of trust involved, and so the government, right or wrong, wants to get involved and just make sure that the advisor that's licensed and working on your behalf is doing so with your in best intentions right exactly and so um so that was one of the latest kind of popular terms uh that that um that i've seen recently 
but no, you know, normally it's it's um, a lot of folks are familiar with what an IRA is or a four hundred one k. You know, if you're working for a nonprofit organization, you're probably not going to have a four hundred one k. You're probably going to have a four hundred three b. Those are very very similar, mm-hmm. uh, and those are just retirement uh, accounts or considered to be retirement accounts by the IRS, basically. And so uh, we call those qualified plans. Um, and uh, there's several different versions of them, SEP IRA, Simple IRA. Um, you can have a solo 401k if you're kind of a, a one-man band. Um, but if you if you have, you know, Roth IRA, I'm a big fan of. We, we might dip into that later. But um, if you just have cash in your pocket and you don't want to put it in any of those accounts, you could just go open a brokerage account or a regular uh, investment account. And it could be called a couple different terms, means the same thing, but um, uh, and uh, I'll also refer to those as taxable accounts sometimes. Because if you, in a retirement specific account, if you have gains or losses that you experience, um, it's not really going to kick off a taxable event whenever you realize those. Uh, but in a taxable or brokerage account, just a regular investment account, it can have those tax uh, uh, taxable events or uh, ramifications, if you will. So you want to you want to tippy toe on those a little a little bit more, I guess. So, and I'm glad that you brought that up because I think that probably one of the most important un- concepts to understand when it comes to some of these products is how tax is applied. Is it before you put the account in? Is it is it pre-tax? Is it is it you know? There's that that re- at some point Uncle Sam's going to get their money, right? And so you're either going to pay taxes on it before you put it in the account, and then when you take it out, there's no taxes, or you're going to it's going to be pre-tax, which means you're not paying tax on the front end, and you're going to get you're going to be taxed on on the back end, right? That's kind of a big difference between some of these products, right? Exactly. So. Um you, you nailed it on the head whenever you said Uncle Sam's going to get paid. They're going to get paid one way or the other. And so, um, and any, any I don't want to call it a loophole, but any way you can find out to prevent Uncle Sam from, from getting a portion of uh, uh, any kind of, uh, not wizardry, wizardry that you come up with, but, but if, there's any, if there's any strategies <laughs> that uh, they feel they're getting the short end of the stick on, they're going to fix it with, you know, new regulation or, yeah. or a new tax code, you know, thing that they're going to implement. So, so with an IRA, is it pre? Is an IRA pre-tax or uh, post? Like, you know, I'm not yeah. sure how to ask that. Question. Yeah, no, no, that's perfect. Um, it's n- most of the time it is typically considered uh, oh, pre-tax. Wait, hold on. Most of the time it is typically considered. Sometimes <laughs> sounds like a lawyer. Yeah, uh, in a leap year. Yeah, Did I mention yeah, that? right. <laughs> so, as long as it so, falls on the fifteenth day of the month, and so you, normally it is tax deferred. Uh, yes. So, so there's tax benefits, right? Oh, read tax deferred. Come on, welcome now. to the show yeah. with that word. Been here the entire time. That's right. That's right. So, so exp- explain a little bit about how that, because I think that makes a big difference in terms of like what what somebody is wanting to do with that money. Yeah, exactly. So uh, it's funny because all of these, you know, anything that we're going to touch on today, it's it can really, really apply to somebody's specific situation or it might not at all. And so um, uh, at any rate, if if um, it all depends on income, it all depends on the tax code. So like right here is a 2020 
tax reference guide. This is like a little cheat sheet that we created. Um, That's the most boring cheat sheet I've ever seen in my life. It's super boring for most people, but it turns others on sometimes. So let's say like you're married and you're filing your taxes jointly, okay? If your income is, uh, let's see where it is, uh, IRA deduction phase out. So if you're married filing jointly and you make over 124,000 together, you can still put money in an IRA, which is like 6,000 this year uh, per person, but you don't get a deduction on that, okay? If your income is lower than 104, 104,000, uh, and by income I'm talking about adjusted gross income, then you could put 6,000 a piece in there still and you would get a full deduction on that. So, if, oh, go ahead. If you, if, you, if you get a deduction on the front end, then you pay taxes on it, whatever you take out on the back end. You right. always have to. You always have to pay taxes. You'll never not have to pay taxes on money, correct? Uh, yeah, there's a couple of exceptions, but 99 percent of the time, you, 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 again, so, so Uncle Sam's going to get paid. So at the end of the day, where you need direction is, it's going to pick your poison, but let's pick the poison that has the least likelihood of killing you. Ex- exactly. Exactly. So oh, there liked, are. Oh, he looked at me and smiled. There are good. strategies He's that steal that for his next pitch. That I'm writing it down right now. There are strategies where it has nothing to do with like finance. That's what's cool about financial planning. You know, there's a lot of guys who focus on, you know, product, 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 or this investment. You know, X Y Z investments better than A B C. You know, it, it almost doesn't matter. Honestly, there's so many good types of investments that are out there. There's a lot of bad that's out there, you know, and there's some stuff that I wouldn't touch with a 10 foot pole, but generally speaking, you know, you can invest in like a broadly diversified type of a portfolio. Diversified just means you have a little bit everywhere and you're gonna be fine. Uh, you know, this one might make one or 2% more than the, than the next one. And it's not that you wanna overlook that, but if this tax reduction strategy from a planning standpoint, can save me 10 or 20 percent, then you know I'm not going to complain about the XYZ outperforming the other one by one percent or so, if that makes sense. Yeah. So there's kind of a lot can, of moving parts. There's to it. there's a lot of moving parts, and, and you want to kind of uh, all all of these accounts that we've mentioned are good, uh, and and but it's how they kind of dance together that can really uh, create a lot. Of, of potential tax savings down the road. So we've talked, you know, uh, different retirement options, stuff like that. Let's say someone, would you would you prefer to do a, uh, use a financial planner? I know this what you do, but like some somebody listening is like, I make $40,000 a year. What's the best thing for me? Obviously you're saying that it, it, it depends, right? So um, it, it, would you advise somebody to, like what what's the quick, Quick, I guess you can't advise, dadgummit. No, I mean, so, so. uh, Like if you could explain them all real quick. Real quick, yeah. Real quick, IRA, 401k, simple, all those, real quick. Yeah, so uh, the generally speaking. Obviously. uh, If compliance is listening, uh, you know, the best thing you can can do is to, uh, what we teach folks is to put money where um, they, if there's a match first, right? So. Not all companies, you know, have a, a match. Not all companies have a 401k. But if yours does, and let's say it's two percent, and they match it dollar for dollar on the first two percent, free money. Free money. Start there. You'd be a knucklehead if you didn't. 
Uh, then you can go outside of there and then maybe it makes sense to fund an IRA. Maybe it makes sense to fund a Roth IRA after that. Uh, and then if you max those out, you can go back into the 401 and, um, and go from there and try and uh, max all of those out if you can. And uh, that's a really good place to start because those, all those accounts have tax uh, uh, favorable treatment to them. And then if you max all those out, then your next step is, um, in most cases, uh, and in just a regular investment account, just a brokerage account. Okay. Yeah, smart. Yeah. So explain, because everything kind of comes down to compound interest. And I feel like that's something that people, a lot of people will know, but those that don't, kind of understanding how compound interest works and why you putting in what doesn't seem to be like a giant amount will in the end kind of get you up at huge numbers. So explain kind of briefly how how compound interest works. So um, let's start with the opposite, if that's okay. So the opposite of compound interest is simple interest, right? So if you're getting paid simple interest on, let's say you have $100 to start with, and uh, it's going to pay you, you know, 10% simple interest, which that's probably not out there um, uh, as a, as a guarantee, any, anything that's guaranteed, if you will, but easy math, then you're going to make $10 off of that hundred, right? So next year you're going to, there, a lot of times you'll see this like in CDs, mm -hmm. uh, uh, they, and, and there's, a, there's annuity products that, that, that operate this way as well uh, also, but they'll give you $10 each year. Basically. So instead of getting 10% off 100, then 10% 10 off 110, then 10% off 120, whatever that is, the math starts going. That's exactly uh, right. You're just getting simple, what you, simple, simple interest. interest is yeah. 100, it's, you're only getting 10% off of the principal. Right. So um, so then the opposite of that is compound, right? So it just it's a snowball that picks up more snow each time it turns over, right? So the, so you get, a, you get 10 bucks the first year, and then you're 110 earns 10% in that second year, assuming it averages 10% every single yeah. year, right? So, so what and is I know that you're, number? you're picking what is that, that number, number to make 121. So you're close. Yeah. You're no, close. Gosh. Right. So, so but that, that, but that, that's that, how it works. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's a big, big deal. And that's compound interest deal. is huge. That That's the that's the route you want to run to. Yeah, it's huge. 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 Gotcha. Okay, yes. what about, um, and, and again, there's short-term investing strategies, uh, day trading and those types of things. Those are people that put money into the market knowing that they're probably going to take it out in a short amount of time. These types of products, you put that money in, and unless a major life event happens and you need to pull it out, and buying jet skis is probably not one of them, uh, then you need to, it, it, you just leave that money there, right? I think, was it, is it Tony Satchery? Someone said, set it and forget it. Who is Tony Satchery is, is a spice. <laughs> what was the guy who did Ron, the? Uh, Ron. Ron. Uh, Ronco. Ron, the okay. Ron, okay, whatever. Yeah. Ronco Showtime got, Grill. Yep. Set it and forget it. Yeah. Okay, Sorry. so, um, but that's that's the difference between the long and short-term strategies. Yeah, so our, the rule of thumb that I use is uh, about four or five years. This is kind of your time frame, right? So if, you, if you're going to save up for X and you know, you know, it's in the crosshairs two years from now or three or four years from now, I'm, I, in most cases, I'm probably not going to risk losing that, what I set aside. I'm probably just going to save it, okay? And saving, savings accounts suck right now. They don't pay anything. So, um, 
you know, even the ones that even the ones that look kind of good, like oh, we have. I think Capital One has like right. we have the best rate in the world, and you sign. You, you know, you look at it, you look at the fine print, and it's like, oh, you have to jump through twenty hoops in order to get this, and yeah. even what they give you isn't even that good. So that's fine. Rates, you take what you can get, but that's just savings. So then, if it's beyond that, you know, and typically retirement planning is a little bit beyond that, unless you are retired or it's mm-hmm. right around the corner. But um, yeah, that 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 hurdles about four or five years, in my opinion. It's yeah. short term. That, that's so short term versus gotcha. long term. Gotcha. That's kind of how I view it. Gotcha. Yep, exactly. Anything plus five is long term. Yes, Roger. Yep. And so uh, having that kind of the the strategy of how you're going to put that money, but the idea is you put that money in there for your retirement, and so you're not touching it. That money needs to just sit there and grow and grow and grow. Yeah, it doesn't mean you don't move it around. You just you don't you want to view it. You want to pretend that it's a one-way street. You can you can turn around. You can bust a U on a one-way street. You know, it, probably not a good idea. Um, but if you could just pretend to yeah. do that for a while and and pretend it's not there, um, then it's 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 totally it is almost one hundred percent mind over matter. Okay. Is there any other terms that people need to know as they're kind of getting into this world? Uh, yeah, I I, I would. Um, I, I would, um, you know, proceed with caution with any of this stuff, um, but uh, annuities and life insurance are um, those, I, I would like to see those put underneath a, a little bit bigger uh, microscope before I were to, you know, explore yeah. those a little bit more. They're not all bad. They're definitely not all good, but um, they're, they're really confusing for the most part. Um, you know, stock, a bond, a mutual fund, an ETF, those are fairly straightforward uh, with how they operate, but uh, developing a comfort level on on, on uh, annuities and, and life insurance, I think, uh, and I'm not a fan of using life insurance as a, as a uh, investment vehicle. Yeah. A lot of guys are. There's more than one way to skin a cat. I completely understand that. Well, you shouldn't be skinning cats, but... but uh, but uh, th- those are, uh, po- I guess, popular, if you want to say that. Yeah. Other terms. Um, well, and I, let me say something about that, because that's that's really where, as people get into it, that's really where battle lines have yes. been drawn between financial advisors. Yep. Should you use, is it is it a general statement that you should use uh, life insurance as an investment vehicle? And, and there are there are hard opinions on both sides. Very hard opinions on both and, sides. And so, uh, doing your own research, and that's kind of what you said. Like, you know, go go in well informed, because you, you need to know what what you're getting. And there's, it's easy. You can talk to two different people, and one will tell you why it's a horrible idea, and the other one will tell you why it's a great idea. And so you you just need to kind of take the each one with a grain of salt and, and understanding like what ultimately is your your me as a customer goal yeah um, and and kind of proceeding with that but uh, but yeah that is a as you get into this world if you go to a certain brokerage firm that uses life insurance aggressively they're going to tell you the 150 ways why that's a good idea and then other people are going to be like you know what when it comes to life insurance get term it's the cheapest way and then get really strategic about how you're going to put your money in the market and how it can grow, not as a all-in-one package. It's not shampoo and conditioner in one. It's you, you use the shampoo and then you get a different bottle for the conditioner. Exactly. Yeah. I've. Uh, it's funny. I uh, I was sitting here thinking like the 
my wife and I will sometimes. Are you going to tell a story about shampoo? We'll sometimes get in arguments, right? Okay. And it's like I'll give up really easily compared to her, and and uh, and I love that about her. But um, I will sit. Sometimes I'll sit there and I'm thinking, I know I'm right. And if there was a jury of ten people here that flies there were flies on the if there were flies on if there were flies on the wall yeah they i know like nine or ten of them would vote on my side do you talk about these flies a lot (laughs) never never (laughs) they would all cast a vote so how do they so while this fly jury is happening in his mind he's just staring at his wife yeah oh yeah it goes it goes over really well but uh but yeah if you apply that uh concept to uh really anything with financial advising it's like the best way to find a good you know doctor uh attorney cpa uh, uh financial advisor is to just talk to a bunch of them and you don't have to go spend hours and hours and hours just call them up and spend five minutes with them on the phone you're going to gravitate towards one or the other and you're going to you're going to see kind of a a, a, a a common theme and you're probably going to run into like well this one or two guys was really pitching this one way to do it really hard and i didn't yeah, I don't. I didn't follow them. They didn't speak my language. I didn't feel comfortable with it. And then these others are. You, know, you can kind of weed them out that way. Yeah. And so, just like any professional, if if something sounds too good to be true, you can probably attest that that's probably not a valid uh, strategy. Yeah. Exactly. If, if he's like, hey, you give me that hundred bucks, you give me an hour, I'll make that two hundred bucks. That's how people get. That's like the prince of Nigeria that sends you, you know, you send him your uh, credit card information or whatever it is and they yep. send you. It, so just kind of being smart. And I think that's a good segue to how to choose a broker, how to choose an investment advisor. So what are, and, and you don't have to get into like the differences with life insurance because I sure. feel like we just talked about that. But yeah. what are some of the difference, difference differences in strategies in general between investment advisors? Uh you know, it's uh, it's kind of changed over the years. Um, years and years ago, it's uh, you 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 would have like a stockbroker, right? Um, if you've seen Boiler Room uh, or the what's the one with Wolf of Wall Street? Wolf of Wall Street. Oh my gosh, that's an awesome movie. Uh, but those guys are like picking stocks, and 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 I don't I don't I feel like nobody does that anymore. Um, but I think there's a big generation that thinks we do that. And like, I don't follow really any stocks at all. Um, and, and, and I, so my style is to kind of focus on the planning side of things, right? Like, um, there's a lot to get into there, but, um, but that's kind of my style to focus on the planning, the bigger picture, um, Mm -hmm. the, the, you know, left hand knows what the right hand is doing. And, and, and all of these, there's a lot of puzzle pieces to your financial picture and you kind of want to put them all together and and keep all of them in mind. Uh, That's kind of my style. And then uh, ours is kind of like a a, a long-term relationship, if you will. And so different things pop up along the way and you've already got kind of this, someone that you can trust that's kind of in your corner and, and, and going to bat for you. And, you know, as you live life, basically, and every investment commercial like tries to explain this, but it t- 
totally dive bombs. The people and fish. I hate investments. investment commercials. They look so happy though, Ben. I hate they are, investment commercials. They look so happy. Can you make all me of that? them suck? Oh, okay. Yeah, they're on a sailboat. Um, it's terrible. It's so terrible. But anyways, so that's kind of our strategy. Uh, another one is like, um, and this kind of gets into fees a little bit, which we can unpack. But um, uh, what's the term? Like fee only, where you go to somebody like one time. And or maybe it's like once every ten or fifteen years, and they just build. They put they run a lot of projections for you, and they put it in a pretty binder and charge you. You know, I don't know, a few thousand bucks or something like that, and they put together a financial plan. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but um, that is uh, one style where that would maybe work better for like a do-it-yourselfer that just kind of kind of wants to check up every once in a while. Do you um, do it yourself? I financial planning. Uh, not necessarily. So there's several. <laughs> guys in my office and we're constantly bouncing ideas off of each other good, uh, good recovery yeah no 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 it's good um, johnny hates me right now <laughs> <laughs> no so, i love it no so that's that's the difference this is a fee based yeah um which is i just i go to you you tell me your opinion kind of like a lawyer i go to you i pay you your hourly rate some crazy amount you give me the answer that works for me right now yep. and then i just write it out until I want a sec. I want your opinion again, and then I do the same. I, it's a rinse and repeat at that point. Yeah, yeah, that's a good that's a good analogy. Uh, Thank you. And and then and then you know the, I guess my my approach or one that I'm a fan of is uh, maybe having an attorney on uh, a retainer, and yeah. there there's more proactive actions being taken versus just oh well this happened and can we fix it type of a deal yep. or am I on the right track or whatever? And the opposite of that is a commission based. So as the money grows, right, then that person makes more. So you have a shared, shared goal might be like the way that you would sell that. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, so we will charge, so we will charge, um, a percentage of investments that are, uh, under management is what we'll call it assets under management. And so, um, that comes out quarterly and it is based on the account value. So if your account goes up three quarters in a row, then that fee is gonna follow it. If it goes down because coronavirus is just taking over everything and creating a lot of fear and a lot of you know selling and, and the market just drops, uh, then our fee is gonna drop as well and we're gonna feel it at home. So it forces us on the same side of the table with our clients. One, uh, that, that you don't have that whenever you um someone charges you kind of like a flat fee for just putting a one-time plan together uh and then the other is commissionable which is i'll sell you the xyz mutual fund or uh for, for a percentage of commission uh no matter how it performs in the future it's not going to affect me but this is just kind of like a one-time uh commission is what it's called okay and same thing with stocks uh if you know, you'll see a lot of commercials for st uh, stock trades, you know, and there's uh, generally a fee or, or uh, a, a trading cost for each transaction. Okay. Um, and and uh, that's one style. And okay. so, again, that may not have any, that, that may not have, the advisor in that approach might not have skin in the game, no matter, you know, depending on what the future of that stock does, where ours is, it's, you know, we, if we don't do the right thing moving forward, then our income is going to feel it. And nobody cares more about my income than 
my you, wife. Yeah. So, oh. <laughs> hey, so what is so you have you have uh, different ways to do this. You can do the fee base. You can do commission base. You can pay some sort of like a flat like fide- fidelity or something like that to yep. just create some. Uh, which is kind of like doing that yourself, where you just yes. essentially create an account, throw whatever you have in there, and then you can either go with their funds. So explain that a little bit too. Just the quick differences between do having a broker do it for you, or not a broker, but having an advisor do it for you versus doing it yourself. Uh, you know, it, it really just depends on what your personal preference is, honestly. Uh, there is absolutely nothing wrong with doing it yourself. Um, kind of like the guy that, you know, I have a neighbor down the street, he does his lawn and it looks fantastic. And he mows it like every three or four days. He waters it. He keeps a journal. I've talked to him about this. He He keeps keeps a journal journal of like the time of day, uh, you know, that he waters it, that he fertilizes it, that he's cut it. And he, and I'm not joking. Remarks. I just, it's, I'm (laughs) not joking. It's fantastic. I love the guy. Uh, I don't want to mess with that. I'm not a do-it-yourselfer. I don't cut the grass. I did for years. I did way too many in high school, as I referenced earlier. And so uh, it's not my style. Could I save 40 bucks every two weeks or whatever? Yeah, but I don't care, and I don't want to mess with it. You mow your grass every two weeks and not every week? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a whole separate show where I think we should go (sighs) We're going to get a lawn Go on, guy. Yeah, yeah, later. Yeah, we'll we'll have a call in. We'll have to unpack that later. But that's just personal preference, right? So... Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, it's, so at any rate, um, it's just whatever your style is. And another analogy is kind of like comfortable with, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. If, if you're going to get into it yourself, then I will say that you can, you can do like, you can do well, anybody can do well at it, but it's, it's, I mean, it's like lifting weights maybe. And I didn't listen to that episode, but you can do things by yourself and you can have really, really good results, right? If you get in the gym, if you get in the gym and you just go crazy, right? But you're probably going to have a little bit better results or the same results a little bit faster you work if you work if you work with uh, you know somebody that looks like you, Reed, right. um, that uh, that does it for a living. You know, a personal trainer. That's all we are. We're a personal trainer for your finances. So okay, um, and so one thing I want you to take a moment, peel back the curtain a bit, peeling it back. Okay, because I think it's hard in anybody in any industry. You know, some of the some of the ancillary fees or some of like that is something that you're like, man, I just hope like I, I make money off of this. But it's really hard for me to ex- explain what this is. Like if you've ever bought a house, there's like 150 additional fees that they call different things. And when you try to explain that to a customer, you're like, man, this really doesn't make any sense. This I, I'm basically paying $750 for them to stamp it or just look at it. Right. What are some fees as people are comparing different brokerage accounts that they should either recognize, try and negotiate or walk away from um, that are going to ultimately cost them a lot of money? Uh, That's a good question. Ultimately cost them a lot of money. I'm not really sure. It kind of depends on uh, what what we're talking about. So, for example, if you are so like there's a lot of brokerage firms that will that will run ads on how cheap their stock trades are right mm-hmm. like six bucks or seven bucks or whatever or you get your first hundred free or whatever if you're constantly if there's constantly activity going on that's generating little 
you know, death by a thousand cuts, you're definitely going to want to watch out for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if there's moves going on every once in a while, depending on how you d- define that, that's not going to eat you up, right? And so um, it's uh, so it kind of depends. Um, what I'm the and 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 I typically do things the same way as far as how that's structured. Uh, we don't have to do it that way, and we don't do it that way 100% of the time because it depends on who we're dealing with and stuff. But uh, our management fee is kind of like an all-inclusive, right? So you go to all-inclusive resort, and you know you can have 10 Coke refills, you know. And nobody is drinking Coke at an all-inclusive <laughs> resort. Yeah, no, you have you. You're going to need to use like a margarita, Riki Tiki. So let's start back exactly. Over. My bad. And if you're going to use the all-inclusive, let's do Riki Tiki. That was yeah, Riki Tiki is a good one. And so you go to the all-inclusive. So you go to all-inclusive with Ben if he's just drinking a Coke. Are you also? Okay, so right. we go to the all-inclusive. You do the buffet at the all-inclusive with all my kids. And okay. we just get Jack and Cokes for everybody. Nice. There you as go. As many as we want. <laughs> for the kids. And so uh, it's you don't have to worry about it because it's all yeah. built in. It's all built in, right? And so that is a certain type of platform. And um, like we call ours ambassador. That doesn't mean that doesn't mean anything. It's different at every firm. Ed Jones, you know, uh, Fidelity, Morgan Stanley, whatever. They're all different. But they're they all gonna have, have a, they're going to have a, something similar to okay. that. Exactly. Okay. And then um, – uh, and then you have some, you have a different platform that's like, hey, everything I'm going to do is going to cost me something. And so if you don't do that much, that might be a good way to go or a cost efficient way to go. Um, but there's other things that are little, you know, like if I want to transfer money from my account or to my account or if I want to, you know, I don't know, request a copy of statements in the mail mm-hmm. or y- – y- th- th- there are some firms that I guess can nickel and dime you and things like that. We get a lot of questions about that sometimes, but it's never a big deal because I don't nickel and dime anybody. And and, and I will say that randomly, so like Raymond James is my broker dealer, okay? Um, th- th- they'll have ran- a couple of times I've had some random fees kind of pop up that were just, I don't even remember what they were for, but it's like, you know, five, 10, 20 bucks here and there. Uh, and it's, I'll look into it and it's always something completely arbitrary, some random like leap year type deal. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's dumb. I like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to allow that or whatever. So I can't just like give the client a $20 bill or whatever to cover it. Uh, but, um, but I will, uh, Compliance is going to want you to address it in a couple of different manners, depending on what it is. And I'll always fight to fix it for the clients. Yeah. I, I, nobody's perfect. And that's another thing when you're looking for advisors. Nobody's perfect. Um, everybody makes mistakes. But I think you'll learn a lot about them and see if it's a good fit yeah. on how they address those mistakes that have been made. Okay. So, All right. So let's jump into the meat and potatoes here. Meat and potatoes. So um, we, I, I want to kind of put this together. And I'll say the disclaimer so you don't have to. Yep. Everybody is different. And please do not take any one thing in a in a vacuum in and of itself and then place your whole financial strategy on that one piece of information because it might not apply to you. So because we live in a world that compliance exists, he uh, when Ben talks, he is not sp- specifically speaking to you, listener. He's speaking in generalities find a good advisor. We're going to tell you how you can connect with Ben because he is a good advisor. 
after this, but I do think there's some general pieces of information that we can talk about. But instead of you having to say that every single time I ask you a question, I'm just telling the the listeners, like we're speaking in general terms, right. and it may or may not apply to you specifically. So, right. Um, how much? Let's jump into it. How much to invest? There's in in some percentage. Is it a, a just a number? I'm a big fan of percentages. Okay. Uh, I'm a big big fan of percentages because you can apply any dollar amount to it, um, and not just for this question, but uh, uh, ten to fifteen percent is is typically what we recommend people to save towards retirement. If you're 20 years old. Pat yourself on the back. That's awesome. Um, you could probably get away with ten. If you're late to the game, you may need to step it up. You know, a lot, uh, depending on what where you're starting from. What's late to the game? Uh, it depends how. It depends on a couple different variables. I don't want to sound like a politician, but if 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 you have a really big shovel, if you have a really really big income, then uh, you could do a lot of damage really quickly. And a lot of people make really, really good income, you know, uh, in, uh, in their fifties. Okay. So I would say that that's probably late to the game, um, uh, to start thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and a big, uh, blind spot that I have noticed, um, a really big blind spot that I've noticed, um, is parents, you want to give the moon to your kids, Right. But a, a, a big, uh, I don't want to say it's the wrong thing to do, but a, uh, uh, something that I've seen constantly is that they will sacrifice saving for their retirement to save up for college for their kids, and they may or may not use a degree. They may or may not go to school for four or ten years, and they may study or may not study underwater basket weaving. Who knows? Yeah. But and they'll, they'll, it's always like out of state and it's private tuition and it's like, but, you know, I'll just double up on retirement after the fact. And, and that's something that we see a lot so of. So what you're doing really is basically saying, just like on an airplane, if you travel with a, a small child. Same thing. When that mask comes down, put it on you first yes. and then uh, on your child. You're yes. saying as an re- investment strategy, make sure you plan for retirement because it's easier. And, and I'm just going to kind of complete this. It's easier for your kid to get some sort of financial assistance than you at 67 years old that have made horrible financial decisions. It's harder for you to get that long-term financial assistance. Totally. And 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 the op, and, and another thing to keep in mind is that you're not just you're not missing out. Let's say you have one kid that goes to school for 4 or 5 years. You're not missing out on just those contributions within those 4 or 5 years. And sometimes you don't you may say to yourself, "Well, I'm not going to stop them completely. I'm just going to tune it down a notch yeah and then you know the water heater goes out and then your fence needs to be upgraded and you you know you're gonna you're gonna justify getting a new one and all life happens and then uh you cut it back or or you 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 procrastinate it's easy to procrastinate on all this stuff and to justify doing it and then so not only have you lost those contributions but four or five years later you're four or five years older Mm -hmm. you're not the same age your age is not just pressing pause, right? Like Zach Morris on uh, Saved by the Bell, right? Man, what a good Hell reference. Hell a shout out. So, Kelly Kapowski. Yeah. Hey now. You're getting sweaty. So, <laughs> so that is when it becomes major, it can become major destruction because then right. your complaint is, oh, well, now my, the returns on my investments matter extra 
uh, in these later years because I'm that much closer to retirement and I'm maybe not in my maybe I'm not in my 50s anymore. Maybe I'm in my early 60s and I don't have time to make it up and blah, blah, blah. And I'm going to do stupid decisions, you know, that's going to wreck my long term game plan. So anyways, to answer your question, I would say 50s is probably too late, uh, not too late, but what I would consider to be late to the game to just be starting. All right. I'm going to this is going to be a quick, quick question. Quick question. Quick fire. 20 to 30. How much? What percentage? Let's say you 20 have a medium, to 30 years old, 20 to 30. You have a medium sized shovel. So you're not like a heavy. You're not making a ton of money. Right. You're also not like making. I'd say eight, it's a small dollars. 20 to 30 is a small shovel. Uh, we're talking shovel sizes here. Well, no, I'm saying you, it's like you, a garden because that's going to be a factor. 20 to 30 years old is what you're talking 20 about. 20 to 30 years old. How much should you be? Go. What percentage? Don't. 20 I, to 30. I would quick, say quick. 15, 10 to 15 is what I would say. Nope. It's nope. got to be a number. I'm going to hold. I, I just, because I think people are listening. 12 and a half. 12, 12 and a half. Oh, my gosh. 30 to 40. Uh, 10 to 15. I mean, 12 and a half, same thing. Okay. And then 40 to 50, that number probably needs to go up, right? If you're just getting started, right? So, like, the more you put away down. early, the less you have to put away later. I remember my first math class. Every single person listening is going to put away you're going, you're, whatever you're setting out to do, something's going to, ha- something wrong is going to happen. It's so, Murphy's law. So right? here, so here's what I'd say is Johnny and I have had, uh, we've been fortunate enough to have c- several successful businesses. And one of the things that we have always done is pay ourselves first. And that's not Johnny and I paying ourselves first. That is paying, reinvesting into the company. Yep. So pay yourself first works also from professional as well as personal, and that is reinvesting into your retirement, whatever it is. So pay yourself first, pull out, pull out the 10%, whatever, like it doesn't even exist, 10 to 15%. And then you end up settling into this lifestyle because you said, if you always say, I'm going to put in 10% and and it's not set, well, then you're always going to have water heaters or cars that break down and stuff like that. So pay yourself first now immediately. Exactly. Exactly. And, And one little I guess tip I would say is uh, if you get paid, like I get paid every, but just do that. Just that. Just that. Yep. No more. No more than just, just this tip that you're about to give us. Yes. I'm looking for just one on today's show. Yes. Uh, If you get paid on, if you're trying to get into this, you know, and you're trying to start young uh, it's mind over matter, right? Uh, 80% behavior, 20% math, right? So if you get paid on the first and the 15th, let's say, have your uh, contributions into whatever you're putting it into happen like the next day or two so that you don't even see it. Yeah. Don't even see it. You will ignore it. You'll get used to it. And uh, that's that's what I would recommend. Okay. That's, and a- ask your employer, too, because if they do any sort of electronic uh, bill pay yes. or uh, uh, payroll. Drafting You or can give it, if it's automatically drafted, you can give them a account number and routing number, and it can go directly off your paycheck directly to that yeah. different account, which yep. is sweet. Because right. once you have it in your hand, it's easier to oh, spend. Oh, yeah. Money in the pocket. A thousand times okay. over. Okay. Yep. So I think, that, I think that answers it. 10 to 15%. The earlier you're getting into it, the, the, less, the less that you probably need to because you have a longer period. That's at compound yeah. interest. Yeah. I'll, I'll, ne- I'll, I'll put it this way. I'll never recommend anyone save less than 10%. So okay. let's let let's put a floor there. All right, we right. got a floor. All right, and so now the question that I'm sure you get every time you sit down with somebody that's preparing for their retirement is how much do I need? 
to and, and that is a yeah. complicated question, but kind of dig into that a little bit. Yeah. So a uh, little gut check um, with everybody's kind of household here. Um, and I used to be really, really good at this and, and I'm not uh, as consistent as I used to be. But how much do you need to how much do you need uh, now? Right. That's a good starting point. And it's like, well, I don't know. Uh, and, and, and so you start it's basically just creating a budget, right? And you don't have to do one every single month for, you know, the next 10 years or whatever, but just do one, just do one and see what it takes to run your household. And that's a good starting point. And you can say, yeah, so like lots of people in my industry have different opinions on this, right? You need, um, and some of it's really, really out there. Okay. They'll say like, you need a bajillion dollars to retire. Okay. You don't need a bajillion dollars to retire. A lot of those calculations. So for those people, put a number to that. How many? How much? Those people. You don't need like, five million. You don't need okay, ten million dollars okay. to retire with what? Uh, you, know, you don't have to. Average. No, person you don't is, have to have that. Right. Yeah. No, kind of your average Joe. You don't need that. Okay. Uh, a lot of the calculations that you, if you start peeling back the layers of the onion on those on those calculations that are like really really out there, they're going to factor in. Well, if you're retired, then you're going to still you still have to pay your mortgage. You still have to uh, you might have a student loan. You might have credit card debt or a, or a new car. Here's an idea. Pay for something. Pay for something. Don't have a payment forever. And a good rule of thumb, don't retire if you have payments. That's not always the case. It's just a good rule of thumb. Right. But um this but is where I like this. If oh, yeah, you don't need, if, yeah, he if, is getting spark and spicy. <laughs> if you don't have all that crap hanging over your head, then you don't need that much. And yeah. another thing is, you know, are you? Uh, uh, you're, if you're not, if you're retired, you're not saving for retirement, right? And I think that's an important one that you uh, uh, that's that people miss sometimes. Yeah. So, so it's uh, so. Th- is there a formula? So when we're talking. When we're so when we're it also depends on like what you want, right? So there's a need and a want, and those things can be very different. And so um, I uh, need a house in Italy yes. whenever I retire. Yeah, it's like I want it's a me, Johnny. It's like the buffet line at the uh, all inclusive resort that you were uh-huh. talking about earlier. Reed, I'll I'll eat like ten percent of what's on my plate because I got you know. 10 pounds of, of, of food because my layers at that my point. eyes were bigger than my stomach right Boys. want versus need every guy right I want to shove it all of, down there but mm-hmm. I can't yeah, yeah so uh so when we're talking income I'll tell everybody this um, our industry so let's let's use mil, a million dollars is what you have saved and you're trying to create income off of that uh, our industry as a whole is gonna beat people over the head with the four percent hammer Four percent. Take four percent. Um, and there was a white paper that somebody, uh, probably ten times smarter than me, come up, came up with like 30, 40 years ago, and it just stuck. And that's what everybody's kind of using. Um, that's if you have a million dollars, you're taking you're taking forty grand, that, yeah, off of a million, and that's your income. And the white paper basically said, uh, I think it was a. I think it was a 50-50 mix is what he did, stocks versus bonds. So like a balanced portfolio. Because the, the big thing to understand is that while this million dollars is in there, it's gaining interest, compound interest, and you're pulling money off of not only the 
interest, but also the principal in there. So it's still growing while you're pulling money out. It's not just a million dollars exactly. that you all of a sudden put in a savings account or checking right. account and right. pull from each year. Yeah, exactly. If so you're, you're still letting money do work for you. Yeah. So you can, um, you, let's say you have a tree in your backyard and it's got a lot of branches. You can, you know, lob one of one or two of them off for firewood every once in a while, uh, and it's still going to grow. But if you if you if you take too much, you might damage it and end up killing it. Right. So, so that the, I, 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 I I'm comfortable with five, depending on what it's invested in. Right. Not for everybody. Whatever. Depends on what it's invested in. Uh, um, five. I'm even I mean, I, I can even be comfortable with six. In, but the, you, you got to have a there's more planning involved with that. You got to have a big emergency fund and all that good stuff. I start getting nervous above a 6% rate of withdrawal. And when I'm saying 4, 5, or 6%, I'm saying the idea is that you can take that off of your nest egg indefinitely, right? And so, um, uh, and, and, and the idea is that your nest, what it's left is that it would continue to grow and, um, and it would always be there. Does that that's, answer your yeah, question? Yeah, it does. And that's how you back out your answer. So if, yeah. if you figure out, and again, I think it's important because somebody might say, Okay, uh, fifty thousand, and they're like, "Man, well, right now I make more than that." But some of the things that you need or that you that you're paying for, you're not going to be paying for at that time. So, so that's that's kind of what you're saying. It, maybe right. that number seems lower than it actually is once you kind of get into that season of your life. Right. Exactly. If you and, can live off of sixty thousand dollars a year. Then save it. Save a million is is theoretically what you're saying. You like that six percent rule? Uh, yeah, I I, I I get nervous over six percent if right. it's if it's consistent, yeah. and that doesn't and, and and if it's consistent, right? So like 2019, the stock market just went bananas, right? And I think it was up, I don't know, like twenty something percent, twenty three four percent, something like that. And so hey, if you want to pull off an extra percent or two, and you take out seven or eight, go for it, blow it out. But don't, I just don't like people getting used to that because yeah. you're going to have a down year. You're going to have a coronavirus year every once in a while, and you might want to tap the brakes a little bit. And right. so anyway, uh, getting back to like your average Joe income, uh, just using the 5% for easy math, 5% of $5 million is 250 grand. Okay. That may or may not all be taxable depending on what kind of accounts we're using. Uh, and so it might not show as a fully taxed 250 grand, like if you were to go earn that today. Uh, but again, 250 grand, like if, if I made two, if, if, if I'm assuming I'm making 250 grand today, I have to pay for my four kids and save for college and save for retirement and pay the mortgage and all this crap, right? Upgrade cars over time. A lot of that goes away when you're retired. And so if you'll just tally that up, you can tell how much you don't have to pay for if you know if and when you retire right. down the road. That's I think that's a, just a helpful exercise for anybody to go through. What uh, calculate? Is there any online calculators or ways that people can kind of back that number out on their own? Uh, yeah. So um, we have our own little proprietary stuff, and so um, I don't get out onto the public side of things too much. Uh, Dave, Dave Ramsey actually I think has a good investment calculator. Smartasset.com has a good uh, uh, calculator. They have a bunch of good calculators that are that's out there. Funny, that's a funny name, Smart but, Asset. But one one thing. Oh, nice. I was still focused on the word fiduciary. Ah, uh, F-I-D. Uh, all, all of them work the same. Okay. All of them work the same. Uh, and so, like, for my projections, I will always project 
over the long term, uh, seven or eight percent for a rate of return. Okay. Okay. That's not a guarantee that you're going to make that. That's just, we got to plug something in. So let's plug it in. And that's what I'm comfortable with. And so, um, you so know, don't be putting in 12, 13%. I wouldn't do that. Uh, no, I wouldn't. Even if your uncle Remus was like, oh, I can guarantee you, I can get you 12, 15%, put in seven to eight. Yeah, ex- exactly. Uh, yeah, exactly. The only guarantee that we can give uh, in this industry is that there's going to be some ups and downs, you know? Yeah. And so, uh, but at any rate, um, yeah, plan, the less you plan for, the more you hopefully end up with down the road, right? Yep. So that's so kind of the idea there also. returning eight versus seven, then you're good. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. You're totally fine. Okay. How does, um, uh, as, as we're kind of rounding this out, how does social security, because I think a lot of people are like, I don't need retirement or I don't need that much uh, because I'll have social security. The government, Papa government will come in and yeah. just take good care of me. Sugar daddy. And uh, I'll be at that all-inclusive resort browning my skin all day long. <laughs> And um, so Papa government, pop, yeah, Papa government goes to no, no, no. Papa government's the one that's cutting the check for you. Oh, though, so, so that, that you, you can, can go. You're just like out there and retired in Florida. That's uh, right. So how does social social security, which is a little bit of a moving target, how yep. does that factor into how much do I need to save? Well, I just want to start by saying I loved your enunciation on the word. Everybody, it seems like what word was it? People say so. Security and they say it real fast, like social, social security, security. And, I, and it drives social me insane. <laughs> and you know, because oh, it's social. Oh, thank you, security, social security. I social security. It. it drives yeah. me crazy, or social security. It drives me crazy. Peppy, so that Anyways. drives you nuts. Cowboys butts drive Johnny nuts. Oh, so, okay, you know, we're just I, I got, I was just, I'm hearing pet peeves, and you know, I, I just know this, known uh, for a long time. You know, a pet peeve when you see one, so um. So anyway, social security. Off, if your if your if your attitude is I'm not gonna save for retirement, and I'm gonna kind of like live for today, blah blah blah, um, and and bank on social security kind of having your back, I think that's just a really really stupid way to view it. I think mm-hmm. it's totally. Now you know if you're 60 and you're late to the game, right? Like so, hindsight's 2020. Don't. Wherever you are, don't beat yourself up. Just, you're at a crossroads. If you want to pull the trigger on something, just fix it, moving forward, right? And don't drive down the road looking in the rearview mirror, right? Tomorrow's a new day. Just let's take care of it and go from where we're at. But, so if you're 60, and that's, primarily that's going to be your your plan. And, yeah. you know, that's fine. We can make lemonade out of lemons. But if you're, you know, 20, if you're in your 20s, you're six foot tall and you're bulletproof and and, and that's, it's really hard to get the reins on the younger folks most of the time. Um, and so those are the ones that, that uh, let uh, time get the most of them and, yeah. and you run out really quickly. So. so so you, just to go back to your question, Social Security. Yep. This is, we're, we're so coming sh- on back now. Social Security. So it, is it something you should rely on? I think it's going to be there. Uh, Ooh, a lot of people hot sports opinion. A lot of people have HSOs on this. I think it's going to be there. Uh, you know, I don't know if it'll be there in a hundred years from now or whatever. But um, hopefully, none of us are retiring. <laughs> yeah, for the most part, I think it's going to be there. Okay, I'm living forever. I've got reasons to back that up that I'll save for a later date. But um, 
you all heard him say raisins, not reasons, right? So, <laughs> reasons. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think it's going to be there. Um, you can kind of the closer you are to pulling the trigger on it, I think I would, I would, I wouldn't ignore it. I would bank on it being there, or or, or the vast majority of it being there. Um, if you're twenties and thirties, ignore it. Try to ignore it. It might not be there. Uh, you know, and, and, and honestly, I hope it's not like, Hey, let's fix this. So when, it, when social security was introduced in 1934, you could turn it on right in your early sixties. Well, that was life expectancy in 1934. That's not what it is today. Oh man. He is in fuego. And man. so, you know, it would be genius. Let it, happen. it was genius at the time, but if it would be genius, if they said it's going to, you can turn it on at whatever your life expectancy is, we wouldn't have to rob Peter to pay Paul and all that right. good stuff. He needs a hype man. But at any rate, uh, yeah, it, it, it um, now you, so it's probably going to be there, uh, but I wouldn't bank on it. I'd consider it as a try to consider top. it icing on the cake. Cherry on top. on top. Yeah. yeah. I, it becomes a little bit of a bigger deal if you have um, a government sponsored pension. Okay. Right. Those are fewer and further between, but, uh, you know, if you're a teacher and you have TRS, it's going to play a role. Yeah. And it might not be there. And this, at this all is where it goes you, back to you, like. each person's individual situation. Exactly. Different, exactly. But don't assume that social, that, that social Security is going to be there to take care of all of your retirement woes. Yeah. For totally. the most part. Right. Just so I bonus. think that's good. It's just a right. bonus. So I think that that's um, good. I think you did a great job kind of giving us a general idea and a general scope. This is a really, really big deal. And there are so many people that are struggling right now in their 70s because they didn't take a hard, and some of it is things that were out of their control, but this is a big deal. So no matter what age you are, I think that this is awesome that you said this. Don't look behind you, Get do it now. Don't don't wait till, you know, uh, next year or not until you get your next raise or something like that. But right. just start focusing on it now. And if you are maxed out in your budget, time to relook at your budget. That's a different show. But right. um, this is this is a very big deal. So, Ben, how do people that heard your sultry voice and they're like, you know, <laughs> that's the guy that I want to work with. How do they get in touch with you? Uh, so the easiest uh, way to get in touch with us probably is um, just to go to our website, which is uh, so my last name is Biggs. It's BiggsWealth.com, B-I-G-G-S Wealth.com, and all of our contact information is there and all that good stuff. Um, but yeah, it, it's the same thing with losing weight or any goal that you have or New Year's resolution. Like procrastination is going to set in; it's not going to happen. So yep. I'm a big fan of like what Zig Ziglar would say: like if you write it down, it's going to happen. So you don't have to write down that you, what your, your what your goal is today, but write down a date on the calendar for when you're going to set 10 minutes aside to dig into it a little bit deeper, or 30, 40 minutes, and uh, look up some names or some strategies or something. Write it down, and um, yeah, just don't wait. And uh, it'll. And I'm a procrastin procrastinator by nature, so. Um, well. I know it can get the best of you for all, sure. All of us have that tendency many times. So, uh, Ben, thank you again for being on the show. Thank you for going through all this stuff. Um, I think you did, again, a, a, a great job kind of giving a, a baseline understanding. Get out there. Um, talk with an advisor. Talk with a few of them. Call Ben. Um, 
find something that works for you and start putting into practice. And if you are enjoying the show, I, w- I want to th- say thank you to our listeners. And I'm going to ask you to go on to uh, wherever you're listening and give us a five-star review. It helps uh, us get our message out and continue to give content on things that every guy, every person really needs to know and the things that will make you intelligent. So until next time, thanks again for listening. Well, uh, thank you for listening to the Mantelligent Podcast. This is the show for guys and all about guys, where we will continue to give you the tools and resources to become the man you always wanted to be. This is Johnny and Reed signing off and reminding you to be Mantelligent. Mantelligent.